1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today, we're going to share the Greg Laurie special. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing that with you in our second hour of the program. We'll also look at some of the lighter side of the news from the last several days. Well, I think we're all rejoicing that rain has returned to Oregon. That's helped alleviate the poor air quality, not altogether, but it's raised concerns now over debris flows and flash flooding in areas that were burned by wildfires. Well, the National Weather Service has cautioned Oregonians about possible flash flooding and debris flows in areas of the Riverside, Beachy Creek, Lion's Head, and Holiday Farm fires. The agency's flash flood watches cover the northern Oregon Cascades, Lane County Cascades, and their foothills. It uh, lasts through Friday evening. Loose rocks and other debris will likely tumble down hillsides during bouts of heavy rain, according to the Weather Service. Well, flash flooding and debris flows also can block roads, including the Oregon 22 corridor between Mahama and Marion Forks, and the Oregon 224 corridor between Estacada and Ripple Brook, and the Oregon 126 corridor between Vida and Mackenzie bridge meanwhile the rain is expected to help improve poor air quality that's plagued the region with its uh, spate of wild uh, land blazes parts of the oregon coast continue to have good air quality early friday one pocket of good conditions pushed east past roseburg part of southeastern oregon also had a good air quality and um, again fires continue to be fought Rain and thunder, lightning. That was what we all heard over the evening and, again, improving the air quality of the Portland metro area, and that should continue. Oregon wildfires have burned nearly 2,000 homes or destroyed. Dozens of wildfires continue to burn throughout the state, including a few in the Portland metro area and surrounding areas. Two huge fires, the Beachy Creek Fire in Marion County and the Riverside Fire in Clackamas have burned hundreds of thousands of acres and forced people to evacuate their homes. Last week, the governor said that more than 40,000 Oregonians had evacuated their communities and an estimated 500,000 people statewide were under some level of evacuation orders because of those wildfires. Some of those people have since been allowed to return to their homes. Air quality throughout the state has also been poor due to the smoke from all those fires, though it started to improve, as I mentioned, this morning after heavy rains passed through the Portland. Portland metro area beginning last night. The uh, breakdown of some of the wildfire burns in uh, Oregon, including acreage, containment, and evacuation maps. There have been eight deaths. Um, There are nine people missing. Three thousand seventy are sheltering. Um, One million acres have been burned. Again, this is in the state of Oregon. Nineteen hundred eighty-eight residences have been destroyed. Uh, Other structures, 1,377 structures have been destroyed in Oregon as a result of these wildfires. Meanwhile, on Thursday afternoon, Oregon Governor Kate Brown held a wildfire press briefing with fire and transportation officials from around the state. They stressed the amount of progress that has been made in the fires, but said there's still many things Oregonians need to be careful of in the days and months to come confirmed numbers of deaths due to the wildfires remains the the same at eight. The governor said the state is working to implement FEMA disaster unemployment assistance for Oregonians who are newly out of work because of the fires. It is a manual process that she hopes uh, payments can be made as easily as next week. Well, We'll see if that's uh, that's the case. The Small Business Navigator Hotline, which was set up to help businesses deal with the impacts of COVID-19, is now also equipped to answer questions about wildfire resources for businesses Business owners can go to wildfire.oregon.gov or call the 833 number uh, they've set up to learn more. And the saga continues. Meanwhile, the U.S. will trade uh, one hurricane for another as Hurricane Sally is departing, replaced by Hurricane Teddy, as well as the potential tropical storm Wilfred. Wilfred. Uh, that's brewing in the Gulf of Mexico. What's left of Sally is finally moving offshore today thanks to a cold front that swept across the east. We're still watching Hurricane Teddy, which is forecast to brush Bermuda early next week and perhaps impact parts of northern England, New England rather, and the Atlantic uh, Canada. The National Hurricane Center advised on Friday morning that Tropical Depression 22 may develop into Tropical Storm Wilfred later in the day. Warnings for Bermuda are also in effect as Teddy tracks an intent life intensifies rather near the island Um, it's not yet known what course it will ultimately take tropical depression 22 will likely be named Wilfred and the system will meander in the Gulf of Mexico before eventually moving northward meanwhile Dr. Anthony Fauci the nation's leading infectious disease expert said Wednesday that he would bet on a coronavirus vaccine to be proven safe and effective Before the end of 2020, I would still put my money on November, December, he said, during a Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute panel on global pandemics. Fauci, one of the most trusted faces of the coronavirus task force, said his informed projection was calculated based on where the clinical trial sites are in their studies, according to CNN. He added that researchers need to see about 150 infections occur in a vaccine trial for it to be deemed safe and effective. Right now, the trials are over two thirds enrolled, really close to full enrollment on one and over full enrollment on the other. A vaccine could potentially come sooner than uh, the expected time frame based on those metrics. But it's likely that an answer about efficacy won't be ready until November or December, which is good news. Meanwhile, the Trump administration announced on Friday morning that it will ban Chinese-owned messaging and payment app WeChat effective Sunday and block new downloads of video-sharing app TikTok the same day over national security concerns. A broader ban on uh, TikTok will be delayed until the 12th of November with the takeover of its U.S. operations still in the works. At the president's directions, we have taken significant action to combat China's malicious collection of American citizens' personal data while promoting our national values, democratic rules-based norms, and aggressive enforcement of U.S. laws and uh, uh, regulations. That's a quote from Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in a statement Commerce Department's announcement comes ahead of an expected decision by the president about whether to approve a proposal from software maker Oracle to invest in a restructured TikTok with operations based in the U.S. Oracle was among the group of bidders, including Microsoft and Walmart, looking to buy TikTok U.S. operations. Attorney General William Barr lashed out this week claiming an anti-Trump element in Washington was actively trying to undermine President Trump's accomplishments. There's undoubtedly many people. There are undoubtedly many people in the government who surreptitiously work to thwart the administration. He told John Cass of the Chicago Tribune, host of the radio program The Chicago Way. Barr also said the U.S. was nearing a rule by the mob approach to governance. Increasingly, the message of the Democrats appears to be Biden or no peace. He said. The attorney general also bristled at rumors that President Trump would attempt to stay in office if he loses the general election in November. President Trump's coronavirus vaccine distribution plan, released on Wednesday, directly refuted a much longer timeline offered earlier in the day in Senate testimony by Dr. Robert Redfield, director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In his testimony, Redfield said not to rather not to expect a coronavirus vaccine to become widely available to most of the U.S. population until the summer of 2021 publicly rebuffing the president's repeated assertion that a vaccine might be available before the November election. Now, Dr. Fauci has come alongside and said the same. I think he made a mistake when he said that. It's just incorrect information. The president said Wednesday in response to a question by John Roberts. I believe he was confused. Trump also refuted Redfield's claim that wearing a mask may be more important than a potential vaccine because there's a clear scientific uh, body of evidence that masks work. The president said he spoke to Redfield afterward and thinks the CDC director may have misunderstood the question and answered incorrectly. In other developments, President Trump says Pfizer is taking a tremendous financial risk in the coronavirus vaccine development that uh, could cost them a great deal. Pete Buttigieg hopes the coronavirus vaccine will be one area free from political interference. Too late. Vice President Pence scold, uh, scolded candidate Biden uh, for a very irresponsible comment on a potential coronavirus, uh, coronavirus vaccine, predicting 100 million doses will be available by January, and the federal government unveiled plans to make the coronavirus vaccine free for all Americans. Well, the Senate Homeland Security Committee on Wednesday voted to authorize subpoenas for former Obama administration officials to testify as part of its broad review into the origins of the Russia investigation. Those targeted for subpoenas include former FBI Director James Comey, former CIA Director John Brennan, and former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper. In an 8-6 vote, the committee authorized its chairman, Senator uh, jo- Ron Johnson, to issue the subpoenas as part of the panel's Crossfire Hurricane investigation, the Department Inspector General review of that investigation and the unmasking of U.S. persons affiliated with the 2016 Trump campaign transition team and the Trump administration. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Today's program is produced by James Blend. Clark Hilton is engineering, and Dan Rice has given up his office for the sake of the cause. Again, in the second hour, we're going to share a special program by Greg Laurie, and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news at the latter part of this hour. We're winding our way through some of the day's headlines. Chris Rock, he ripped Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats saying, you let the pandemic come in during the impeachment Meanwhile, Carrie Underwood and Thomas Rhett were named co-winners of the Entertainer of the Year for the 2020 um, Country Music Awards and a dentist who extracted a tooth on a hoverboard. Yeah, you heard me right. A dentist who was on a hoverboard extracted a tooth. He's been sentenced to 12 years in prison. My guess is there's more to that story. Washington Governor Jay Inslee gave maggot infested apples to wildfire victims. He says he regrets the mistake. Not sure how that happened, but there's probably more to that story as well. Well, an emerging question can remote work lead to double taxation? Don't know the answer to that, but we're exploring it. Delta took a mortgage out on frequent flyer Sky Miles for $6.5 billion, and the Oracle TikTok deal is on. Well, pretty thin ice as the president's advisors are divided on the deal that's still being negotiated. Well, Rasmussen polls shows President Trump surpassing Joe Biden for the first time. The uh, new national telephone and online survey finds the president uh, with a 47 to 46 percent lead over Biden among likely U.S. voters. The race has narrowed over the past two weeks. Biden had a two-point lead late last week, but that survey also marked the first time Trump had edged above 45 percent over the past two and a half months. The new survey finds Trump with 80 percent support among Republicans and a nine point lead among voters not affiliated with either major party. Biden has 80 percent of the Democrat vote in key swing states of North Carolina. A new poll from Tefralger group shows that President Trump is leading Joe Biden 47.8 to 46.1. Well, we understand coronavirus and who is at risk. It's time the kids get back to school. Speaking of colleges and universities, Scott Atlas writes, instead of shuttering their uh, doors, schools should publish plans based on their unique circumstances, diligently protecting high-risk populations on campus. Overall, though, universities are relatively low-risk, young um, environments. Even most university faculty aren't at significant risk. Two thirds of them are under 55. Only 13% are 65 or over. From UCLA Dr. Joseph A. Ladapo, placing disproportionate focus on uh, COVID 19 transmission in low risk populations leads to unwise decisions that do more harm than good. A wiser investment would focus on protecting vulnerable populations, including older teachers, family members, and essential employees, by directing testing and personnel protective equipment to them and uh, their close contacts. One family in Seattle is crossing a border to Canada so that their kids can attend school in person. Well, cancel culture comes for those who want to help with covid nineteen Scott Atlas of the Hoover Institution he joined the White House Coronavirus Task Force in August now. He's been singled out for professional erasure by 98 percent of his former Stanford medical, epidemiological and health policy colleagues because he had the temerity to join President Trump's coronavirus task force and advocate rational measures for safety, uh, safely reopening the economy. Their um, criticisms are unfair, yet typical of today's political and academic climate, sadly. Well, as the NFL season starts, legendary coach Mike Dicta says the NFL players who kneel should get Well, get out. He said more than that. I wouldn't repeat it. NFL player turned coach Mike Ditka stated in an interview with Newsmax TV. He does not understand why players are protesting. You don't like the game. You get out. Uh, It's not for protesting one way or the other. You play football. That's it. He went on to say if you can't respect this country. Get out of it, referring to the U.S. Herschel Walker argued similarly, there shouldn't be a politics in sports. What's the end game? The players do have a right to protest, but they must realize that fans have a right to protest as well. Uh, so if they boo, you can't be upset. If they don't watch the show, you can't be upset. Well, USC football players have asked Governor Newsom to play in a hashtag Let Us Play Uh, With college football carrying on elsewhere across the nation, while programs in California remain unable to practice, USC football players made a public plea on Tuesday asking Governor Newsom in a letter to loosen restrictions surrounding college sports with please let us play. Well, good luck with that. Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire are leaving the state of California. Uh, Ben is uh, bold in explaining why. And I'm quoting, I've lived my entire life in California. Within weeks, we'll be taking our 75 jobs and leaving. We're not the first, and we certainly won't be the last. Terrible governance has consequences. Co-CEO Jeremy Boring explained, the dream of California and the weather were enough to draw us all here and keep us here, even when it was hard, he said. But it's uh, hubris to think that you can keep making it worse and worse for people and that they somehow um, will stay in, uh, in place. Judge Apito is accused of, uh, fi- rather, is accusing the film industry of censorship. Apito the filmmaker, spoke on uh, MSNBC and criticized the film industry for essentially censoring content that's critical of places like China where human rights abuses are occurring. From the story, for me, what I perceive as more chilling is a corporate type of censorship that people don't really notice, which is a lot of these giant corporate entities have uh, business with countries around the world, Saudi Arabia, China, and they're just not going to criticize them and they're not going to let their shows criticize them, or they're not going to air documentaries that go deep into truthful areas because they just uh, want to make money. Well, the poisoned critic of Vladimir Putin is awake and has regained his strength. Alexei Navalny is in Berlin out of his medically induced coma, and he's well aware of all that has transpired. Most notably, he's uh, planning to return. He's not planning to go into exile in Germany, the official said. He wants to go home to Russia and he wants to continue his mission, perhaps at his own peril. The American voter needs to understand the ideology behind wokeness, so says Christopher Rufo. One can trace a direct line from the critical race theory trainings in government, education, and universities to the recent violence and, de- and uh, destruction in the streets of so many American cities. Many committed to the cultural Marxist narrative are now entrenched in vital American institutions. The recent riots have exposed the extent to which leaders in the Democratic Party have embraced the ideology of the woke left with such widespread penetration of of that ideology, the crisis is unlikely to fade away anytime soon. President Trump undercut the GOP by calling for bigger COVID-19 relief package, saying, "Go for the much bigger numbers." That pleased the Democrats. If Anything he ever says or does can please them. The Department of Health and Human Services unveiled a plan for vaccine distribution. And Facebook censored an unedited video of Joe Biden posted by the Trump campaign. The Russia bounties story is turning out to be trash journalism, according to National Review. And the White House press secretary excoriates the media for failing to cover the historic Middle East peace deal. They just yawned. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow used Obama era photo to undermine Trump's border policy and minority outreach. Again, what happened in the previous administration being uh, pictured as what's happening in the current. In politics, the Senate Homeland Security Committee authorized subpoenas for testimony from Obama officials as part of the Russia probe. And Robert Mueller, he declined the invitation to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Meanwhile, Senator David Perdue has been cleared of wrongdoing on scrutinized stock trades. And 235 retired military leaders have endorsed Donald Trump in a joint letter saying this is the most important election since our country was founded. Well, Black Lives Matter co-founder Alicia Garza in 2015 said capitalism must be abolished for Black Lives to Matter, giving you some notion of what her goals are. And Netflix subscriptions has um, cancellations have deservedly soared after the cuties controversy. Minneapolis won't let riot battered stories install uh, security shutters, rather stores install security shutters. And homicides are up 52 percent in Chicago. That's not uh, uh, there's not a comparable year. Four people were apprehended and are facing multiple charges for intentionally starting wildfires on the West Coast. And a former Atlanta CFO who was employed by an anti gun administration has been indicted for illegal machine gun possession. New York City Mayor de Blasio's office will have to take week long furlough to uh, try to make up for the budget shortfall. And the Fed leaves uh, interest rates near zero, and the end-of-year unemployment rate forecast is reduced considerably from the previous outlook. Big Ten has reversed its decision and will start football in the season in October. Nearly two-thirds of young adults in the U.S. are unaware that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust, so much for public education. And Boeing hid design flaws in the 737 MAX jets from pilots and regulators. And uh, Yoshida Shuga faces is uh, facing some daunting challenges becoming Japan's prime minister pledging to follow Abe's course again there will be challenges you're listening to the Georgine Rice show quick break we'll be back
0: you're listening to the Georgine Rice show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're winding our way through some of the headlines of the last couple of days since we were uh, off uh, the air with a live program. And then we'll take a look at a few lighter side of the news stories and share the Greg Laurie special uh, with you in the second hour of today's program. Well, CNN hosted a Joe Biden town hall event at a Pennsylvania ballpark stadium on Thursday night. But critics said many of the questions made it seem the night's game was softball instead. No surprise. That was what we've seen up to this point. The evening differed sharply from the grilling President Trump took during an ABC News town hall program two nights earlier. In the first moments, the contrast between what Trump was asked and what Biden is being asked is striking. That's a quote from political columnist Jeff Greenfield tweeting later, uh, writing that Biden is doing very well. Yes, but this is not exactly getting him ready to face tough questions from a Chris Wallace or Jake Tapper should be Uh, should he decide to do so? Again, raising questions as to whether or not that will be the case. The remark referred to the first presidential debate scheduled for September 29th, which will be moderated by Fox News Sunday anchor Chris Wallace. According to analysis from Newsbusters managing editor Curtis Hauk of the 16 participants who asked Biden questions, 13 of them or more than 80 percent were identified as Democrats. Only three were identified as Republicans. That figure contrasted sharply to the town hall attendees uh, Trump faced On ABC News, that group featured four Trump voters, three Hillary Clinton voters, one Jill Stein voter, three non voters, and one unidentified. In other developments, Molly Hemingway compared the media's treatment of Trump versus Biden, calling it beyond propaganda. Biden says it is beyond. Biden's uh, rather Twitter. A public policy director is left to join the Biden transition team, raising some eyebrows. And a bail fund backed by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden staffers bailed out an alleged child abuser, documents indicate. The media praised uh, Kamala Harris' Timberland boots after trashing the same look on Melania Trump some month. Earlier. I guess your politics uh, dictate uh, the success of your fashion. A California family is accusing Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris of trespassing on their property for a wildfire photo op. Well, voters want Blue Lives Matter laws against attacks on police. A majority of likely U.S. voters believe the country is experiencing a war on police and politicians should enact policies classifying attacks on cops as hate crimes, according to a new poll. Thursday's Rasmussen poll was released amid a wave of calls to defund police and a swell of anti-police sentiments. Since 2018, the percentage of likely voters believing there's a war on cops has increased from 43 to 59 percent. That latest data represented a slight uptick from the 58 percent high in 2015. Meanwhile, 29 percent disagree with that view and 12 percent reported as undecided. The poll has a three percent margin of error. Chris Rock says the Obama presidency marked progress for white people, but not black people. In a string of complaints uh, contrasting this and the previous administration, Joe Buck, voice of the NFL on Fox, has learned he'll join his dad in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A 20-year-old tw- uh, Tesla driver has been charged after sleeping at the wheel of a self-driving car traveling over 90 miles per hour. Uh, country star John Rich slammed Nashville's mayor as the de Blasio of the South over the COVID controversy. President Trump announced $13 billion in new relief funding for U.S. farmers and a half a million petitioned Trump to cancel student loans, student debt. Well, according to a new poll, voters see law and order as a major problem coming up in this uh, upcoming election. And emails show the uh, Nashville mayor's office uh, hid good news on COVID cases. They didn't want the public to know that cases weren't coming from bars and restaurants. The mayor, John Cooper, is a Democrat, but... Um, Again, the uh, criticism coming from his uh, unwillingness to share the whole truth with residents there. Support for Black Lives Matter has dropped 12 points since June, double-digit drops among whites and Hispanics, and high school football players have been suspended for their first responder flags on 9-11. What should have been honored was instead punished. Murder and arson have surged in the first half of 2020, even as there was an overall drop in violent crime nationwide. And the Daily Wire moves its organization out of California. Well, shooters fire on a home of two police officers, the home of two police officers in New Jersey, and they had a newborn child inside as well. Well, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court sides with the state's Democrats permitting mail-in ballots to be counted three days after election day. So you want to know when this is all going to be resolved? Well that tells you it won't be on election day. Election fraud, well four voters claimed NPR as their residence uh, uh, they turn up in a search of California's voting records, and a judge has blocked the Postal Service changes that slowed mail delivery. CNN is being panned for softball Joe Biden town hall questions, and Trump has fielded roughly five times more reporter questions than Biden since July. Well, the leaked 2016 phone call to Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko reveals that uh, hypocrite Joe Biden, who suggested using the Logan Act against Michael Flynn, risked national security to sabotage. Donald Trump. The Department of Justice considered bringing charges against Portland officials over the unbridled rioting there or here. A seven year old has been arrested for shooting at troopers in Arizona, the third attack on police officers in a week. The Louisville City Council voted to voted no confidence in the mayor for handling of media-distorted Breonna Taylor case. And a new California Rainbow Mafia law increases the risk of child sexual abuse. The New York Times murder rate has soared by 27 percent. Gang violence has risen by 52 percent. New Jersey plans to um, hike taxes on the state's millionaires can look for moving vans there as well as New York. A Buffalo school is teaching students to question the nuclear family as part of the Black Lives Matter integrated village academic curriculum. And New York City has once again delayed in-person learning for most students at the last minute. Planned Parenthood whistleblower David Daleiden is suing the abortion mill for defamation. And a woman with concealed carry permits held a supermarket murder suspect at gunpoint until law enforcement arrived. Pandemic restrictions have been reintroduced across Europe under the threat of a second wave. And on this day in history, 1793, President George Washington lays the cornerstone of the U.S. Capitol. 1850, Congress passes the Fugitive Slave Act, which creates a force of federal commissioners charged with returning escaped slaves to their owners. 1947, the National Security Act, which creates a national military establishment and the position of Secretary of Defense, goes into effect. 2001, a week after the 9-11 attacks, letters postmarked Trenton, New Jersey that later test positive for anthrax are sent to the New York Post and NBC anchorman Tom Brokaw. 2009, tens of thousands of protesters rally in defiance of Iran's Islamic leadership, clashing with police and confronting state-run anti-Israel rallies. 2009, on this day in history, the final episode of the daytime soap opera Guiding Light airs on uh, CBS, ending a 72-year run on radio radio. And television. Wasn't really into it myself. We want to spend the next um, little while talking about some of the lighter side of the news, and I'd like to invite James Blend to join me to do just that. Um, My understanding is Reese's is coming up with a whole new peanut butter cup. Uh, This time it's going to be stuffed with potato chips. Thumbs up or thumb down, James?
2: Excuse me, what? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, for anyone that loves to combine junk foods, there may be good news on the horizon. According to reports, a new type of Reese's Big Cup stuffed with peanut butter and potato chips is set to be released soon. Ew. Yeah, I'm not so sure. The post describes the new item and it's exactly uh, and it's exactly what it sounds like, an extra-large Reese's peanut butter cup with pieces of potato chip mixed into the peanut butter filling. Instagram post describes the snack as a salty and sweet combination, although it doesn't say that the candy is seemingly light on the potato chips. Uh, Reese's has previously released big cups stuffed with Reese's pieces and cookie crumbles. This one, a sweet and savory combination that would include potato chips. I think I'll pass on that one.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pass as well. I, I don't, I don't even think I need to do the taste test on that one.
1: Uh, One taste test I would uh, relish having, but may not be possible this time around, Peep's treats are going on hiatus for several months, another consequence of the coronavirus pandemic. Just Born Quality Confections, that's the company that makes them, said it won't be producing the popular marshmallow sweets for Halloween, Christmas, or Valentine's Day. I didn't think they really belonged there anyway. As the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania-based company prepare for next Easter. So at least we'll have them in the spring. Production of the holiday-shaped candies was suspended in the spring as the coronavirus spread across the state. Limited production resumed in mid-May with protocols in place to protect employees. But it just didn't cover these other seasons like Halloween, Christmas, and Valentine's Day. For the sweet, marshmallowy peeps, best um, enjoyed uh, if they're a bit stale. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Georgine Rice I sold show. My snacks
2: from my childhood. It's destroying <laughs> childhood. That.
1: Snack <laughs> by snack. Well, you can recover during the break. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. is aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ.
1: Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me. We're taking a look at the lighter side of the news in the second hour of today's program. We'll listen to a Greg Laurie special calling all of us into a deeper walk with Jesus. That's coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. You know, James, we were talking about the new snack that Reese's uh, Peanut Butter Cups is coming up with, adding uh, in the big cup, adding potato chips. Uh, yes. And I came across this uh, this article from Brighton. Uh, UK. Do you ever wonder how that giant bag of popcorn is empty by the end of the movie? Well, a recent study finds snackers have a hard time realizing they're full and wind up overeating while focusing on other things. Researchers say the more our brain uh, lock in on something um, other than what we're putting in our mouth, especially watching television, the less it's able to tell when we should stop eating. It's distracted, in other words. The findings offer a clear strategy when it comes to snacking while watching TV. Limit yourself to a healthy portion. Trusting our gut, in this case, to tell us when to stop simply won't do us any good. And it's not just television that's the culprit. Any activity that engages us uh, will take our mind off of our appetite, according to the study. So if you're going to try the new Reese's Peanut Butter Cup with Potato Chips in it, don't do it while you're doing something else because you're likely to overeat.
2: Well, unless you think it's absolutely disgusting and spit it out like I likely would.
1: Ew. No, I don't want to even think about that.
2: Yeah, I was just saying just I don't I don't anticipate any scenario where I would find that product enjoyable.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. Well, for those who have uh, gained their COVID-19 in terms of pounds, researchers in Hainan province credited a man with his, uh, his weight, rather, with helping to save his life. So, you know, if you're put on a little extra weight, you might want to just say, you know, I'm preparing for the, the likelihood that I would, for example, fall down a well. Uh, well, this man had guts, so to speak. An overweight Chinese man found his big belly to be a lifesaver, literally, after it got wedged in a well and stopped him falling down, according to officials. The 28-year-old, only identified as Lu. Uh, got trapped in his family's well after breaking through wood that um, was used to cover the uh, the hole in his uh, hometown um, in the Hainan province. An official fire service video clip shared on social media showed rescu- rescuers arriving late Friday as the shirtless man patiently waited with his arms crossed for them to come and rescue him. Uh, he was like a cork in the well, but he didn't go down because of his belly. So if you do have trouble um, you know, limiting your snacking, you can just tell everyone I'm preparing for the likelihood uh, that I might um, fall down a well and I would be wedged in, whereas you, the thin person, would simply fall to your demise. So there you have it. Either way, you now have an excuse.
2: Wow. I'm, I'm impressed.
1: A Minnesota man uh, secured the Guinness World Record for the world's tallest mohawk. Now, if you know a mohawk, that's where, of course, the center of your head, uh, the hair is allowed to grow longer than the rest of your head. And so this guy, he made a world record for the tallest mohawk. Huh. A man from Minnesota just secured that record for the world's tallest Mohawk, an accomplishment that undoubtedly makes it uh, makes up for the fact that he will never fit through a doorway of his loved one's homes ever again. A social worker from Park Rapids began his quest for a Guinness record back in 2007 but refused to shave the sides of his head, a requirement for any full Mohican Mohawk, according to Guinness World Records. He instead tried to, uh, for the title of tallest Uh, Mohican Mohawk spike, but failed by his own admission. The record for tallest spike is currently held uh, by someone who measured 44.68 inches. Um, Thirteen years later, however, the uh, man officially nabbed the world record with his current full Mohican Mohawk measuring 42.5 inches. When I was first informed that I'd become Guinness World Record title holder, I was over the top. Apparently, it means something to him. Having a goal. Become a reality is always a thankful experience, he says. Uh, his feet will forever be etched in history via the 2021 edition of the Guinness book, which, of course, will be erased months or years later by someone who goes just a little bit further because they believe as well that it's a meaningful record. Have you ever thought about pursuing a Guinness record of any kind? Oh,
2: I mean, we've talked about doing it here on the show before, but I've never thought about it seriously on my own by any means, although I really would have thought that Mohawk record would have been set back in the 80s.
1: Yeah, really, when they were actually being warned. Yeah. Yeah, good point. It's
2: like, uh, you know, it's like uh, maybe we should go out and set uh, set the record for the world's largest neon leg warmers.
1: <laughs> well, we'd be more likely to hold on to it if we did break some record. Maybe that's the well, idea.
2: Go for something that's completely unfashionable today
1: that no, no one cares one about
2: want to break it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, another record that was set, an Austrian man um, lasted more than 2.5 hours in a box of ice to break his own record. So he wasn't even breaking someone else's. Uh, He managed to spend two hours and 30 minutes, 57 seconds inside a custom-made glass box filled up to his shoulders with ice cubes wearing nothing but swim trunks. He says he was fighting the pain by visualizing and drawing on positive emotions so he could dampen this wave of pain. I I hope it was worth it.
2: So this guy, let me understand this one right. This guy was, well, I'm not going to say dumb enough, but maybe we can all infer that together. um, To get into a thing of ice and set a world record once. At some point after getting out of it, he thought, gosh, let's do that again.
1: (laughs) And set another record. Yeah, breaking my own. It's not even regaining the record or challenging someone else's. It was just setting a new record uh, that he had already set. So there you have it. Well, Dr. Fauci has been honored with a new bobblehead, the face palm edition. If you're looking for Fauci bobblehead, Uh, the figure immortalizes a now viral moment from a March coronavirus task force briefing. You know you're famous when there are multiple bobbleheads honoring your likeness. So there's not just the one, there's now several. The National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum has expanded its homage to Dr. Anthony Fauci by releasing a new figurine of the the nation's top infectious disease expert. The new face palm edition figures, uh, it features a suit-clad Fauci covering his face with one hand with his eyes closed, immortalizing a now viral moment from... The task force briefing with the president, the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, who knew, uh, fame and museum first celebrated Fauci with an inaugural bobblehead in April, making a model of the White House uh, coronavirus task force member motioning to flatten the curb. In a Monday interview, the National um, Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum founders uh, told The Washington Post that the entire initial stock of 42,020 Fauci bobbleheads sold out by mid-August. Well, now the face palm figurine is available for pre-sale. It costs you about $30 a pop or a bobble at the Milwaukee Museum's website. The latest edition of the buzzed about bobble is already going quick as the blue tie version has already sold out. Now, you know you've really made it when uh, not only are they making bobbleheads uh, in your likeness, but people are actually buying them. Pretty cool. Well, pets need companionships, too. At least that's what Pinder is arguing. And now there's a website to help them. Pinder is a pet website styled after the human dating app, Tinder. It allows owners to find pals for their pets, according to the New York Post. We're just taking the effective format of Tinder and applying it to the pet community. Is there a pet community, according to the founder of Pinder? Uh, The website shows only pet profiles. The profile setup page says no humans allowed, and currently, all pets have to be in costume for the website's Halloween costume contest. According to the post, the contest is a way to kick off the website's launch. Currently, Pinder is in an open beta phase after it had a soft launch last month, the outlet reported. The winner of the contest will be announced at the Pet Costume Center Instagram page wow, people really need stuff to do, where adorable pet profiles are already being posted. So tender if you're looking for companionship for your pet, if apparently you, the owner, are not enough. Well, a new rule forcing Germans to – are you there, James? Are you here?
2: Uh, yes, I, yes, I am here. I Sorry, I, I shook my head so loud I thought you would have heard it. <laughs> And yeah. No. Unfortunately, you, the, the one word, the one word bad thing, especially when we're talking about pet stories, because this always gets that reaction from me. Um, the uh, the the thing is, you cannot hear eyes rolling because oh my goodness, were they ever <laughs> were yeah, they well, ever
1: that merited an eye roll. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we do need to take a break. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast.